In three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Headset. I am your co-host, Rick. This is your other co-host, Jones, over here. What's good, y'all? And I don't know what number episode this is. I was just about to say it, but... <laughs> we, I, we've been cranking. Yeah, we're deep this. in now. Getting up there. In the teens. Uh, but we're just going to talk to you about news related to AR, VR, gaming, metaverse, crypto, all that nonsense. That's the plan. All the things. Um, so, yeah. Do... Who started? Let's do it. Do you want Do you want to uh, kick it off? Because I'm kind of excited for that one that we've kind of talked about. Yeah. Do you want me to start with that one? Yeah. Start I got two big ones today, in. but big juicy ones. We'll yeah, start well, with. I still have energy. Let's dive into yeah, that. Yeah. One. So, Epic Games, my boy Tim Sweeney, coming through with UEFN, which is Unreal Engine for Fortnite. So. General high-level background, Unreal Engine is like an industry standard game development engine. Uh, you use it to put in all your assets, program in your game logic, do all the visuals and rendering. I mean, you use other programs to do some of the stuff, but it's generally where you spend most of the time when you're making a game. Um, they released a version of it for Fortnite. And so my understanding of it is basically like the kiddie version of Unreal Engine that's dumbed down to make creating content for the Fortnite universe easier and like potentially even kid friendly because they're kind of competing with like roblox um and yeah it's it's pretty incredible what they're doing uh it's a very fleshed out you can import all your own assets so you can import any sort of 3d models you want you can it has its own programming language that's very simplified that makes programming very easy to get up to speed with so pretty similar to roblox's studio which i've used and it's really good but i don't know if i'm a kid they all play fortnite and roblox and i would choose fortnite just the graphics are unbelievable on this thing um, it's so easy to get just like incredible looking things and it sounds like this verse programming language makes things very easy Another very cool thing about this is the amount of revenue that Epic Games will be giving to creators who make content for Fortnite is insane. It's 40%, which this that revenue includes anything from like the base Fortnite game. So if people just buy a battle pass, that revenue gets doled out to creators who are making like unrelated Fortnite content. Um, so it seems pretty generous. I don't know. I've seen some people complain about it, but I've never seen almost half of everything they make is that's a lot. I don't know. I I've seen people try and compare yeah, it to the app. You see people complain it's Yeah, well they not compare enough. it to the Apple App Store, which I don't think is a is a fair comparison at all. It's a very different thing. That's like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I guess to unpack a little bit for someone who's not super into this or involved in this but it does seem super interesting so where to begin i guess for so I'm, i guess i'll just summarize from my beginner perspective and let me know if this is accurate or not. so basically unreal engine is a existing programming language to build games or worlds or whatever similar to how maybe reactor whatever would be to build apps and not basically white it's I would compare 
for music makers out there. Compare it more to like, it's like Ableton. It's, it's like a big okay. piece of software. You use C++ as the programming language within that, but you like import plugins and you can do okay, drop-in gotcha. 3D models. I guess I also just don't know as much about coding <laughs> to make that example. Yeah. I would also compare well, I, yeah, I think the whole game engine thing. thing, it feels very similar to me to like a Logic Ableton FL okay, Studio cool. thing. So you use, you use Logic to create music, you use Unreal to create games, would that yep. be? Okay, cool. So basically what they're doing now is they're releasing a more kid-friendly version, almost like maybe GarageBand is to Logic, like a more basic version just for Fortnite. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Okay, and so this is intriguing to me because the last time I interacted in the Fortnite ecosystem, it was, it seems like when all that hype was happening, I know it's still very popular, but with the just 100-person Battle Royale stuff, has that changed now how people interact with Fortnite or what are people building? Is it just worlds for that? Because when I was playing, it seemed like it was just a, a map Fortnite put out, people played in it. There wasn't really yeah. much Forge or Crayer. Yeah, that's So how does that play now? I remember, I feel like back when we were playing, they were starting to kind of roll out creative features and they were mostly like, it was like Forge in Halo. There's no programming. There's no, you can't import your own assets. You just kind of like, they give you building blocks. It's like Legos and you put it together. And so it was like, I, the content creators used it. I saw YouTube videos of people making like obstacle courses and mini games. A lot of the same things you'd see in like Halo Forge. Um, and so for those, were they for private games or people could use them for public matches or? Um, so there, I think it was mostly private. I don't know if you could have like public servers running. I think that's changed at this point. I need to play Fortnite again, but all right. So still though, you're right that the main game is the battle Royale that has one map and everyone drops in and that's 90% of what people play. I think in Fortnite, I think maybe that balance has shifted in the last year or so when people have gotten kind of bored of. Fortnite as a battle royale but I think the what Tim Sweeney has been has talked about his focus is is turning Fortnite from this battle royale game into a Roblox style metaverse platform where you can do literally anything in it and it's all user generated content so right now you said 90% is in the battle royale the other 10% is that some kind of multiplayer experience yeah there's a there is multiplayer custom like user generated games i think it already does work a bit like roblox where you just make your own maps and game types um i think you can host like servers that allow people to find them and join um it, the percentage thing i just completely made up i don't know if it's 90 10 or maybe it's more maybe it's less i still think the battle royale is very much so the main thing people do when they play Fortnite, but I've seen a lot of content online of people doing like obstacle courses and mini games where people are like hide and seek kind of mini games and it's starting gotcha. to kind of okay, develop so people... into what Roblox. Okay, Cause I guess that's the, the skew of my question is 40%. I think is a ton. I, I think the Apple, I think the app store thing 
isn't a good comparison. No, I feel it's like not. instead it would be almost like a creator platform like YouTube or something giving out four yeah. percent of their Yeah, that's revenue. definitely I think that would be a better comparison. But so so I guess the skew of my question is that's a lot of percentage and I'm wondering where the value that creators are where the value to for the when creators are creating in Fortnite what that means and where the value is and i guess that was my question on because on youtube it's all there right yeah. it's 100 is creators creating but on fortnite it seems like most of it isn't actually it's mainly the main game in the battle royale so i guess that's what just what i'm trying to understand well is, i think it's so a what you're saying is it seems like these other games where creators are building their own worlds private worlds yeah that actually is becoming more and more of a thing i think yeah i think the Epic Games knows, like, every video game out there, except for a few, they have a limited shelf life. And some games break that mold. I think Fortnite, as a battle royale, will exist for decades and still have some player base, but I think they know that it's starting its decline now in popularity. And so user-generated content just time and time again always increases the life of something by just an infinite amount and then when you release an engine like this that just completely blows open the possibilities of what fortnite can be it's i mean that's why roblox is so huge now is they have that i use their game engine and it's it's insane what you can do with it i saw someone make a call of duty style first person shooter with like realistic graphics hit detection with all the gunshot like it's the craziest thing i've ever seen you can just turn roblox into call of duty and have it be just as fun and interesting and i think fortnite is doing that but they have the advantage of unreal engine is so powerful and makes it so easy to just throw down a really good looking game that they're banking on these content creators giving Fortnite so much more life that it is worth paying out that 40% because interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, okay. This is interesting because I think it just shows that I'm kind of, a <laughs> not with the times, I guess, in terms of the games, because when I was super into the whole video game thing, obviously forge was a thing, private games are a thing, but it seemed like the primary way you interacted with these games was in experiences that were generated by the game itself yeah. so when we played halo matchmaking or you know what was social what was that social what was that called so i don't i, don't I feel know. like i know what you're talking but, about but yeah yeah it was like social but but it seems like now it's the trend is actually more so games providing the building blocks for the users to create their own experiences that mm -hmm. then drive more users and and all that stuff and so it seems like that's what roblox does is that what minecraft does as well no minecraft's a little bit different it's close because they allowed enough modding where people have kind of like built in a lot of tools where it's really easy to mod minecraft kids can do it which is essential because a lot of kids play that game so it's it's similar but there's not like an official development environment from Mojang, which is the studio behind Minecraft. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, th this is dope. Then this this is really cool. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a lot of the Web three ethos, which is essentially like building with the community and aligning incentives, where you bring a community together around a shared interest, and then maybe you you start building the product together almost from day one, and everyone kind of has a share in that or whatever. And it almost seems like 
that's what this move is a little bit. It's kind of like, let's build Fortnite with how you want to. We'll give you the tools to build it, and we'll also give you a share in the future upside in a sense. Or I guess it's not equity, but just in terms of like rewarding you for building it, for aligning your incentives to actually do this, which is a cool move. And like you said, for someone like me who doesn't really isn't into this stuff seeing the videos of on twitter of something like fortnite versus honestly almost anything else makes me want to get involved in that ecosystem because the graphics are just so absurd yeah they just are, are incredible well it's i think another component that's interesting is the videos themselves which so prior to this they were paying out youtube streamers twitch streamers you could get a code if you're like a were relatively well-known streamer and if someone bought the battle pass or bought skins within the game from your code then that creator got a pretty decent like revenue cut from what that was which is again just another i don't know it's a great idea to you just pay your community to do the work for you essentially totally. and and you get <laughs> yeah. so many more like Everyone passion does. creators that way that's why vr chat is so cool because there aren't like companies building like to maximize revenue versus cost. It's like some kid who's just really good at 3D modeling. And then he meets some other kid who wants to build like a DJ, like a live music venue. And they just full mm-hmm. passion, just like make a world map and start throwing events there. And I feel like you get like a quality there that's, that's different. And people, it Dude, feels really authentic cool. too, which is. And it's, I, I mean, it seems like this, from what you're saying, this model has somewhat been around for a little bit with Roblox and so. Because Roblox, those creators get paid. Yeah, too, yeah, they get sure? paid. Okay. Le- definitely so, significantly okay. less than the forty percent, though. Gotcha. So I guess it's been around, but it's kind of the first time I'm thinking about it, and it is really cool. Because when I think about creators and creators getting paid to create on platforms typically i just think of the classic like youtube Mm -hmm. instagram you know tiktok things like that twitch but this is a whole different aspect that where i mean for some reason i almost think of the other platforms as like 2d social networks or whatever yeah this feels like a more immersive 3d situation but you could almost compare the model somewhat similarly where you're just creating and you're getting rewarded for that it's very cool have you considered like is that something you're gonna dabble in at all yeah i'm definitely gonna like download it and mess around i probably won't spend too much time in it like i don't know i just don't really play Fortnite or do any of that stuff but i just like messing around in that stuff and checking it out it's just cool that there's that all that just a new monetization opportunity for people who just like to create things yeah is there it's just it's just exciting it's very cool i agree especially when they pay out as decently as they are um yeah like if i it's just it's really cool because it seems like our whole trajectory is more towards this getting rewarded in real ways for things that were previously considered waste of time. For example, I'm sure when we were all growing up, or even maybe today, but you know, if you were spending all your time on video games or whatever, your parents are like, you know, 
I don't know, waste of time yeah. or what the hell are you doing? But it seems like more and more, I mean, even like before this with Twitch and all that stuff, but now it's not at all. It's almost like the whole fundamental way people are attributing value and I guess a monetary sense now is kind of changing, which is really cool. Like yeah. instead, you know, you know, could you see a world, obviously this is an extreme, but instead of, you know, get off video games to do your homework, it's stop doing your homework to, you know, get better at Fortnite and to start I mean, generating revenue early. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Some of the payouts some of these kids are getting, I'm mostly thinking of like competitive Fortnite players. I remember hearing about this yeah. like 14 year old who won the like world championship and got like several million. And I'm like, oh my God. But he would just sit at yeah, home it's... and grind all day. And his parents were like, yeah, we support it. I'm like, damn, good on them. But also I feel like how yeah. frequently does that pay out in the gaming space? Well, it's, yeah, it's just cool that now there's optionality. Yeah. Like before it seemed like, you know, it was sports or school or whatever, yeah. and video games was just a hobby. But now you have the other two still, but you also have mm -hmm. video games as a route. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. Very, very exciting. Anything else on that, or should I rip into my um, um, three situation? No, that that covers UEFN for now. So let's cool. hear it. Very good stuff. All right, huge news this week. So Ticketmaster is now integrating NFTs for fans to unlock early access to buy tickets from their favorite artists. Mm. Very cool. And let me break that down a little bit for you because I think it's just as big as the Spotify topic that we were talking about before. Basically, what it means, they're starting with Avenged Sevenfold, who I guess has been very forward with Web3, and they have this uh, whole uh, token ecosystem called Dead Bats, I believe, or just a, a project. Um, and so they are starting this by allowing their fans who have the Dead Bats to get in, you know, X hours early, X days early, or whatever, to reserve their show, their tickets before anyone else. I think it's really interesting because I mean you just saw this with the have you did you see the whole Taylor Swift situation with Ticketmaster? Yeah, yeah. And it, I I don't know totally details, but my understanding is just that it was a complete shit show, and there's so many people who wanted tickets, and obviously there's a finite supply. So in that situation, you could be Taylor Swift's point oh 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 one percent listener, and you're not guaranteed a ticket. But I think it would be in everyone's best interest to allow those most passionate, most super fans to have that early access. And just in the whole way of NFTs, like we were talking about before about adoption, I really think the main way it's gonna happen is if it, the utility is just so clear, so present on platforms that people are already using, that's where we were excited about the Spotify thing. Yeah. And so that's why I think this with Ticketmaster, it just makes a lot of sense. And we'll see how it plays out. It's just kind of beginning. But when the utility is so, present there i think it's interesting I, an example i was thinking about is remember when we went to swedish house mafia mm -hmm. <laughs> to starbucks i mean wouldn't have wanted that situation to happen here to exist here because that was just an all-time story <laughs> when we brought all those computers and we got the best tickets but imagine if you know you were a supporter of that yeah. and you just desperately wanted to see the artist that would be really cool for you to be able to you know get guaranteed tickets and also 
by supporting the artists and showing that you're your super fan. So that yeah. is the news. I'll pause there. That is cool. I feel like one of the things you mentioned is like being in the top percentage of fans, and I immediately think of Spotify's thing. And so before you mentioned that, my first thought was like, okay, but can what does NFTs and blockchain, how does that like how is that needed to solve this? But like we talked about with Spotify, if they somehow integrated between each other and you're in the end of the year, you're the top point zero zero one percent of T Swift fans, then you have like a real interoperability case if in turn Ticketmaster will accept that title as a like entry into being early access to tickets yeah it almost seems like to your point about it just being a database which is what we talked about spotify i think that is basically the big like if you have the dead bats thing right mm -hmm. the um that's the avenge sevenfold imagine if because instead of having to you know there's a hundred companies doing it. It's just one, right? It's Ethereum, not a company, a blockchain. Yeah. So if you're Spotify or Ticketmaster, if they all just integrate with this database, this database that anyone can plug into, then that dead bat not only gets you tickets on Ticketmaster, but it also allows you to unlock these things on Spotify, et cetera. And maybe there's, you know, the the percentage listener, would, would I guess that would be a little bit of a different thing because that would be something with Spotify too. But yeah, I mean, I guess... It's funny you mentioned that because I was actually going to ask you as like a devil's advocate where these roles are typically reversed, but why couldn't you just do this with like a, you know, all these artists have mail lists, right? Yeah. Why couldn't you just do it with that? Yeah. With, I mean, you know, I that's my email. same question is I think you can do it with that. And I, I'm assuming... Yeah, I don't know exactly. I'd, I'd have to read what they're trying to do. But again, it is cool if you can take something you earned in Spotify and use that as that seems more of a use case for blockchain. But, but why couldn't you do that with email? Like, why couldn't you could probably Spotify do that, too, account, but right? it, it would make things easier if you wanted to accept the top fans from Spotify, iTunes or Apple Music, Amazon Music, I don't know, rather than having to collaborate with all of those companies and build some sort of sharing, method of sharing uh, data, if you just accepted some sort of blockchain thing from each of them, maybe that'd be easier? I, I, I don't know, that, that seems like where it would be interesting is if you did yeah. that okay so maybe that is the key value add is the interoperability the fact that it exists in its own because okay let's just play let's just play this out right say say your say your mailing list existed on mailchimp and in this take in this example we'll take mailchimp and compare it to ethereum or something could i take i guess this would almost be equivalent to Ticketmaster and spotify both announcing partnerships with mailchimp to allow subscribers to artists newsletters to yeah but then I, I mean i guess they'd have to sign yeah you would you'd have to make an account somehow or i don't know yeah yeah i don't know because it, it sounds like you wouldn't it, need to do any sort of partnership with blockchain 
right? Like you wouldn't yeah, need to sign any contracts. Yeah. If you're a Ticketmaster, you wouldn't need to go over and negotiate anything with Spotify. You just decide, okay, we accept this Spotify token now. Spotify can't do anything about it. I'm sure they would like that though. It gives the token more value, right? That's actually interesting. Yeah, the fact that it's not a company almost makes it easier for more and more people to integrate it because you don't have to deal with all the partnership negotiation stuff. You're just like, all you do is you just, you um, integrate a, a way to connect to wallet, like to interact with the blockchain yeah. the pl that reads your address. If you have the token in your address, you unlock the thing. Yeah, maybe. Versus something like MailChimp where... Because you couldn't just have it based on the emails because then you could guess the emails. You couldn't pr verify that unless you had different accounts everywhere. Right. And and then it would... So I'm trying not to like be too biased in my analysis. I'm trying to be very neutral about it. But I... And maybe, it, maybe I just am inherently biased because I've been interacting in the Web3 ecosystem that I can very tangibly picture how all these platforms can integrate this just by adding that connect button. Yeah. I'm struggling more so to think about how they would do it with something like email or MailChimp or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if it would necessarily be MailChimp, but I do think they would need some sort of shared database behind the scenes. And that's where I think the legal mess of it all would be very annoying and discourage that thing from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in that way, to sum it up, this, if Spotify and Ticketmaster both did this, the reason it would be so valuable for them to, the reason why NFTs and Web3 uniquely enable this is because of the interoperability piece, because it's basically this database that exists on its own that doesn't really have an opinion or bias or or terms or, or right. you know have to negotiate with and any company can just latch onto it i guess i don't know i'm speculating that if i'm just kind of guessing at what the value and reason you would do this outside of just like wanting to implement blockchain for the sake of implementing blockchain like what tangible value and it seems like for me, it always comes back to like, I could see the value when it comes to some sort of like really fleshed out interoperability. When it just exists on its own, like within the Ticketmaster ecosystem, it makes a lot less sense to me. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think it's, it's very important to discuss because I think as a Web3 person, it's easy to be like, yes, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is happening, but it is important to think, well, why like is right. there true value add for doing this or is it just kind of a pr thing mm -hmm. and it seems like really with any of these new technologies i feel like with ai i keep seeing it i keep seeing people like do these things with it like it's the most amazing thing and people getting so excited about it happens in ar vr ai all the stuff we talk about and it's good that people are just trying all these things but sometimes it feels like people aren't like thinking like okay but like is do i need to do this like what does this actually solve <laughs> yeah totally i mean especially with the one that's in the current spotlight like ai it's such a growth hack if yeah. you're an account that starts tweeting about something that's in the spotlight or tiktok or whatever you'll just absolutely pop off so. i know i saw one um, maybe we'll just make this a segment because i love dunking on these like ai twitter like <laughs> influencers but there's one where this guy had this he was demoing this like DAW with AI 
and it was so funny because I just I saw it because all these like established producers were just making fun of it but he like types in he's like okay now make me like a melody that sounds like this and it just makes like the worst sounding melody ever <laughs> and the worst sounding drum loop and then he's like okay the, this is too loud and then the AI is like should I turn it down by 3 dBs and everyone's like okay we you can do this in a DAW without AI far faster. Okay, that's that's actually an interesting thing because people who weren't musicians might have been like, oh my gosh. Well, I think that's, that's the so thing cool. is it's just that kind of content appeals to people who aren't. That's why everyone likes to dunk on it who's in the music space because they're like, okay, these people don't realize that this is like... Totally. I think I saw a tweet on this by Paul. I think it was Paul Graham, but he was basically like, AI seems... At I don't think this was trying to take anything away from AI, but it was kind of something along the lines of it. AI is incredible unless you are an expert in what you're asking it or something like yeah. that. Where, and I actually saw, I mean, this was before GTP4, so maybe it's changed, but my mom was asking legal questions at Christmas and a lot of them were incorrect. But if I had asked those questions and it had given me the answers, I would have been like, Oh my God, like this is so sick yeah. because I wouldn't know what was right or wrong. I think that is an interesting well, it's thing for sure. Interesting in the tech space. I've seen people talk about it because there's already this weird job market dynamic where there are not many entry level jobs, like far less than you'd expect in the tech space, like for engineers. But mm -hmm. there's plenty there's plenty of open positions for more senior developers. These companies just don't want entry level and everyone's now concerned. They're like, okay, we already are struggling to get our foot in the industry. If AI eliminates the non-specialized, the non-expert developer roles, even more so than now, it's just gonna be like this really weird industry where it, there's no room to be a generalist or there's no room to be new you have to somehow skip ahead to being like senior level in order to really get your foot in the door and i notice that when i'm learning new languages i'm like okay it can do everything i want to do but i know deep down like there's some swift expert who looks at what i'm doing and i'm like yeah it can do your job if you're an entry-level employee but it can't do what i'm doing which is this complicated system thing it is interesting. If I were a business owner building an app, why would I ever want a junior developer? Yeah, I, I thought about that in general, even prior to AI. I It makes sense. It's just so expensive to train them. The market's getting saturated. I think that applies to a lot of industries too, but maybe some companies rely more on like a pipeline of like new to experienced kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, like I get it with non tech roles like you know a junior marketer is helpful to just kind of support the senior marketer maybe mm -hmm. and then they learn from the senior marketer but and this this is actually a genuine question because i don't actually fully understand enough for a tech a, an actual engineering role it seems like that would be less valuable to have someone who's newer because they can't actually get in the weeds build the code review it really help at all unless that's incorrect and there is stuff i think do, there's like reviewing grunt things. work because i think at the end of the day it's new people just get stuck with really menial tasks that more experienced people you're wasting their talent on and i think that's still true in in software development but i think maybe the issue is with the way software development is 
you really have to like bug check everything new people do even if they're even if it's like a simple feature like some button on a website that uh your entry level guy is programming i you yeah, still I guess that's my there's more yeah i think it probably takes more mental effort to review code than it takes to review a powerpoint like slideshow where you just mm -hmm. have the intern write up your notes in a more formal fashion um maybe that's not true but from my yeah, experience I mean, it seems that's where my fairly concern, true that's where my concern would come in is like if you're a junior marketer or whatever you know the biggest error you're gonna do is probably messing something up into a presentation that's 10 slides yeah the senior person will probably look at it beforehand anyway but if you're dealing with i mean thousands of lines of code or whatever and you're trying to review something and you like change something and then the whole app breaks and people don't know where it is i don't know it just seems yeah there's it's i think it's yeah sometimes you can't like i mean this isn't entirely true as a marketer as a finance person you can break things and it's hard to fix but i think that happens more in software engineering this is a dumb example because it's not really an issue these days anymore but like you can have a miscellaneous semicolon somewhere in your code and it just causes everything to stop working there's software that detects that kind of stuff now, but there's very similar cases where like you misspell one word and your compiler isn't telling you, hey, this right here is what you did wrong. And so now you have to start writing all these tests and trying to really hone down on, I don't know, I might be overhyping software development. There could be a similar case in a lot of these other industries, but it... I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with it. it. just seems like the stakes are higher, but yeah, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how we got on this, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, do you want to segue this into your, your next thing? Yeah, not a smooth segue though. Two big but juicy ones. I'm very excited to follow up on our first viral hit TikTok piece. We have more <laughs> VR chat news. Yes. So hopefully you guys better run up the numbers if we ever post on TikTok again. Um, okay, that was a good segue. Yes, I thought so. So, VR chat major update this week, game changing. It is they announced a new way to interact with VR chat, and that is on your mobile phone. Android VR chat is imminent. Three to four months until the beta starts, and then uh, from there, it's suddenly accessible to a much larger market than it has ever been accessible to. And then on top of that, they've announced iOS is in the works. That one they've said is a lot farther away because iOS uses a whole different graphics framework, which is really annoying because there already is this thing where they have to develop for like different versions of VR chat for Quest users versus PC users. Um, to enable like the best experience on PC and then the best you can get on Quest. And then if they make iOS, you're going to have to make like iOS specific content. So they're going to be maintaining three versions of the game. So they said that version could be like a year away, if not more. But that's super okay. interesting that they have iOS and they just announced it considering there's a certain headset potentially being True. announced and released in the near future. So the timing of True. that raises my eyebrows a little bit. Um, Okay, help me understand what VR chat is on mobile. Because I'm not looking at you right now through my own eyes, right? Are you What do you mean? Just navigating with your character. Yeah, like a first person cuz you can play this on PC right now without a headset. 
and it's like a piece. So then, what? Yeah. So then, then it's basically just like a normal video game, I guess. Right. Oh, shit! What <laughs> happened? Um, On the move. Sorta, but also no. I don't, there aren't really any other games that allow this level of build it yourself out there. Um, well, okay, I guess so. Fortnite, right? Doing the Unreal Engine, whatever. Yeah. Couldn't I? I can't use VR in Fortnite right now, at least. But I could essentially build this world if we were just both on mobile, and it would basically be the same in VR Chat and Fortnite, right? The, mm. On mobile, that's basically the same. I think there are still more limitations in Fortnite than there are in VR Chat because VR Chat uses Unity's engine. And there are still limitations, but it's very open. Whereas f the Fortnite engine is kind of like a kitty version of Unreal Engine, versus this okay, uses so the full version of Unity with some restrictions. But for the most part, you can kind of develop what you want. You 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 can go with any art style. You can render in a bunch of different ways, that sort of thing. Okay, I have a question for you that I think is somewhat intriguing. Is a VR chat on mobile bearish for VR? Um, I don't think so. I think they've been working on it from the get-go. I think it's this has probably been in the works since very early in VR chat's life. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. At the end of the day, I think they're right to assume that there's a market they may never reach, or at least not for the next decade and that's people who don't have a pc or they don't have a headset because they're expensive and uncomfortable and all these reasons um so i don't know if that's bearish but it's just kind of like for a lot of vr companies if you can put your game on mobile and have it not be in vr you should do that because that just opens up okay. your market so massively i have a few more questions yeah because this is actually very intriguing you have this game on PC. Do you, what percentage of the time are you in your headset versus just using it on PC like a, you know, normal game? I've never used it like normal on PC. I've never even okay. tried it. That's, that's good feedback. And in terms of, how, if I'm a VR. Well, I was just going to jump in and say, however, there are a lot of people who do actually do that and they aren't in VR. So if I'm VR chat and I, what you just said about expanding your market mobily, none of those new people, there's no mechanism in the game that encourages you to participate in a headset, right? Um, it depends. There are some worlds that pretty much only work if you're in a headset. Also just the experience of socializing in a game is much more compelling when you're in a headset because you get all of the i don't know it feels more real like i just socializing in a non vr setting is a little bit more awkward i think mm -hmm. yeah it's just intriguing i've never really thought about it about the strategy of a of something like vr chat that is ideally a vr forward game but i guess you can make the argument that because it's relatively harder it's a relatively higher barrier to entry to get people in if you only allow headsets. Mm -hmm. A better move is to be on mobile, expand your base, and then essentially from there funnel people into the headset. I guess the concern there would be that 
people end up just liking the mobile experience and the PC experience and the VR part is never needed. So anecdotal experience with that is almost everyone I've met who uses VR chat semi-regularly and is does not have a VR headset is like very actively planning to get a headset. Like everyone I've talked to is like I I am saving up for one or I'm getting one for Christmas. Why? I don't know. I think it's just the superior way to do like socialize like a pure 3d like socializing experience like vr the hand movements the mouth movements soon eye tracking it just makes it so much more real like you're really making friends and you can read people's body movement I don't know. It's like yeah, I mean, people have socialized no, I, I, in 3D games before. Like I'm sure there's like people have made lobbies in Halo just to stand around and talk with their 3D avatars. But I think true. I don't know. I think it's just the VR true. component makes it so much more compelling. And also, there's so many like beautiful worlds in this game that you aren't th just experiencing them. Especially if you're the one PC user, everyone else around you is a VR user, and they're all like blown away by this feature or this thing there's also fomo too like i can tell a lot of these people have fomo because most people you ex interact with in this game are using a headset and they talk yeah. about how oh this thing was so cool and immersive or this world was amazing and then if you go and visit it like in a 3d game i've played plenty of 3d games that are like beautiful and i'm like blown away by the graphics and the environment but it's I don't know. It's rarely like that jaw dropping these days, just because there's so many good looking games. It's just it's not very novel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I totally feel you. I mean, I I agree with all those, and it's it is actually helpful to hear that evidence from your actual experience. And I took. I mean, it's in my mind that's like I wouldn't be in VR chat if I. Why the hell would I be here <laughs> if I didn't have the headset? Like in my mind, that's kind of the competitive advantage behind mm -hmm. it, or else it just becomes. I don't know, but um, how do you? Can you talk in this mobile game? Like, do you plug in your yeah your headphones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's gotcha. the same. It pretty much they've said it. They've been testing it already, and they're like, it works very seamlessly. Like the Android, you know, microphone in the can in the phone works fine. Most of the worlds, people already develop worlds so that they work with PC only users. And so that makes it a lot easier to just slap it in a phone because the control scheme is similar. It's not the same, but it's like similar. Okay. Okay. This is cool. 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 I have some follow up questions again. So essentially VR chat is going, starts with VR, then goes, expands the market with mobile. It already has PC, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Programming wise, is it, is it technically feasible that something like Fortnite could go the other way? where they have phones, they have Xbox, whatever, and then they open up the experience to be played on a quest. Yeah, so that was a news story where I, we didn't get to talk about a while ago, but Tim Sweeney has is against making Fortnite a VR game. Ooh, how so? Why? Um, he said they test, they like played around with the idea, but he didn't want to a split the user base because you definitely would need to make a completely separate game mode so that like PC players oh, really? and VR players, yeah, just because like I don't know, physically aiming versus using a mouse and keyboard is so different. Like, 
competitively, gotcha. it's it would just be gotcha. a different game. And then with like okay. motion sickness, it's a fast movement game, and so he doesn't think that works as well in VR, which is, I think, kind of true. There are Fortnite-like games in VR that are pretty popular, so I don't fully agree with it, but I understand it. And then the other one is just gotcha. the cost of it, and the market's still pretty small. Gotcha. I guess my appeal of that was what you were saying about being in here and seeing these magnificent worlds. When I came in for the first time and saw that meta just home screen, that is still potentially probably the coolest thing I've ever seen in VR with that sunset and that house kind of on the balcony. Yeah. That is so cool. And so I'm just imagining the Fortnite graphics that we see on twitter and stuff like that if you could see those and experience living in that world well i'm regardless of the game so roblox is adding vr i'm curious if the unreal engine for fortnite doesn't allow creators to do it themselves because that seems like they already have a bunch of vr features in the main unreal engine and this is just kind of like a spin-off of that it it seems like it'd be crazy if they did not um so creators could kind of yeah because i've seen creators making vr stuff in roblox and i feel like sure maybe epic games doesn't want to focus resources on building out the vr version of fortnite but that the whole point of allowing all this content creation is well someone else can do it for you for almost free maybe you pay them out some sort Mm -hmm. of royalties like they're doing but I feel like it'd be dumb of them not to have allow creators to like figure out some way to do it in VR. Okay, and so the VR chat graphics here, when I'm looking at this right now, obviously a lot worse. No shade on VR chat, but a lot worse than those graphics you see on Twitter of Fortnite. Is that a headset issue? Like, would those graphics be as potent as they are on Twitter? Yeah, in the headset. Yes, I. Well, I guess it depends on which headset you have because they're. I mean, there's resol- there's a limit to how high resolution these lenses are. The quests are pretty high resolution. And I will say, you're on quest, but I'm on PC, and there are plenty of worlds in this game that you can't access without a PC. But I've been to that are like the most mind-blowing like visual. Okay, things. and when you say PC, you're you're still wearing the headset. It just has extra power or what extra Yeah, I'm running the game the PC. on my PC. And then I just connect my headset to it for like... Okay, and I'm running the game on my headset. Yeah, and the, so gotcha. your headset is basically the equivalent of a of a phone, essentially. It's got the same... It's a mobile gotcha. hardware in there. The CPU and GPU is stuff you put in a cell phone. So okay, it's definitely just way more limited than like a PC is. That makes sense. I, I'm intrigued about so would you equate some of the PC graphics that you've seen in VR chat to some of that stuff you see about how beautiful the Unreal Engine is or the new Fortnite stuff um, for the most part no but I've definitely been to a few worlds in this game and there's also a few games out there made in, in Unreal Engine that are unbelievable on PC because I can't like I mean I love all that fantasy stuff and seeing that sunset was just so cool regardless of the game aspect or maybe not regardless of game but if i could put this headset on even this big bulky one and see that quality essentially immerse in 
almost better than the quality of, of looking at my wall in real life in those in the in the Fortnite style graphics and maybe I could build a house or you know I, I don't know whatever that would be insane yeah I feel like I would totally do that just to just to build a fantasy world or you know yeah. something lore driven or whatever like you see with Avatar that we we're talking about you know that yeah and so is this the stuff that we've always been talking about like that is that is that will be the Apple headset or or what mm. probably not I don't know I mean the Apple headset is I don't know I'm very curious about the Apple headset because it's using like a really powerful uh, it's using like Apple's newest Mac chip set so it should be pretty powerful but like Mac has never their whole graphics framework has been I don't know if it's less good but just no one uses it so I I'm not sure what things will look like. I think it's going to look unbelievable. I think just because the lenses are going to be so high resolution, I think anything Apple makes, they're going to put a lot of resources into building like really high quality 3D models for. But yeah, I don't know if it's going to... I don't know, it depends. I mean, what you're talking about feels like a specific game more than anything that i guess it's i guess not even game like regardless of what i'm doing it's just the graphics that i'm looking at right now compared to what i see on those twitter videos of the fortnite graphics or even when i play fortnite is just night and day yeah if i could sit here and be immersed if we did this podcast in fortnite or something like that I think I would be so much more likely yeah. to be excited to put it on, to spend time in there, just just because it's so gorgeous. And it, it's stuff that I can't probably see in real life. Yeah, so... Then you can kind of make your own adventure. I guess my only thing I would say to that is that already exists. You can get graphical or graphic quality that's pretty much at that level. It's just expensive and uncomfortable right now. Yeah. Like very yeah. prohibitive. I guess that, yeah. Like I, yeah, and I, I'm definitely not someone who I would. So yeah, I guess, I guess that is kind of what we've been talking yeah. about the whole time. I mean, <laughs> and if, I guess the Apple headset is also going to be stupid expensive too. So, yeah, I don't know. Huh. So yeah, I, th I guess is, in ten okay. years it should be pretty affordable and much more comfortable to do something like that. But we're mm -hmm. not there yet. But again, I will say, with my Quest headset and my PC, if you got a decent PC, you can still go to some pretty, like, jaw-droppingly beautiful worlds. Interesting, interesting. Huh. It's just really interesting. Like, after watching Avatar, this is, I mean, this whole episode's by kind of been a tangent, so I'll just keep it going. But the whole, when I've been watching Avatar, I've been, and I... <laughs> I also had a stint with Pokemon, the show. Fuck yeah. It was in Indigo League or something. I don't know. It's, it's good. It's hella good. But just all these adventures, these quests, these kind of fantasy things. And where could I get that in the real world? Yeah. <laughs> so then thinking like if you had the, you know, the Fortnite style graphics, in the future you have kind of all the senses at work. You could really connect with people. And you could essentially set off on these like real quests or whatever it 
and the headset's smaller or maybe it's even ar too so you're actually you know not just sitting in your house every day or in the room i don't know yeah. it, it does it almost it makes your imagination a reality i guess which seems actually kind of intriguing yeah as long as it doesn't turn into a dystopian thing so i've a uh, do do you read fiction books at all I don't really read at all, but if I did, <laughs> nice fiction. When I I read it, I I have read a ton. Okay, of them because I recently have been on this series called Awaken Online, pretty slept on, okay. and it's the con. It's like kind of cheesy, but it also like it's a bit speculative about what the future of VR looks like. And the whole point is it's this game in VR. And it has an AI game master, so the whole game is created by this AI. So it combines these two fields, and it's like, what would happen if the AI, like, could access your thoughts through the game and, like, fully craft this experience where you, like, you go in and time moves slower in the game than it does in real life. So you can, like, a week in the game would feel like a full week, but then it's only been an hour in real life. And it's like, the whole point is you go on, like, these insanely realistic quests in this world, and you, like, build up your reputation. It's a fun read. Called Awaken Online. I'd recommend it. But it I think it does a good job, despite being a little cheesy, of like exploring like what the ramifications would be of like creating a game where an AI is able to tailor it to your like completely realistic expectations for like how quests and stuff would work and like you go in there and like build things and I don't know. It's so interesting. I'm just like lost in thought right now about it all about trying to piece out if i could be a member if i could essentially okay if i could essentially set up or an ai or whatever set up a essentially well i mean with ai right like i could maybe tell it to watch all of the avatar series and then be like hey set up a world for me where i can go on a similar quest and maybe you come with me too we get like a few friends and we basically do that yeah <laughs> and it feels real it you finally get to experience this that's a, imagination yeah. these worlds and it i guess the thing that's holding me up though is is how quickly that transcends to that dystopian future of you just sitting lying in your room you know the ready player one movie or whatever um that's the only thing of how those two interact i guess yeah is a tricky thing but ideally you know you could kind of do both in the same way where people watch netflix why couldn't you you know go on a quest <laughs> instead for like an hour at night i don't know yeah yeah huh yeah, that's huh. that's what the book gets into. If you wanna, you wanna check it out, toss it on the audiobook. I just have it when I go on like walks, going. I'm like, I mean, I guess overall that that is essentially the vision of this whole thing, right? <laughs> I for, think for so. You, I think for a lot different? of, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's pretty wide ranging what the vision is for it. I think for gamers, yeah, the like dream app would be like fully immersive and multiplayer and you just go in this world where you interact with people but there's like far less limits than the real world kind of like you could just kill someone and like it's not murder kind of deal or you could do xyz <laughs> yeah which is its own sketchy thing too but <laughs> i don't know yeah it does feel like they'd have i mean 
to fully have these quests that you hear about. Like, I, I mean, I shouldn't say I don't read that. I just read Aragon, that book, the fantasy book, which is so good. You, you would kind of have to have all the senses, like love, fear, yeah, all that stuff would 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 somehow have to be. And obviously, that's tough to replicate when dying in a video game you just respawn versus yeah. in these quests you know you're dead well so in the have to be some kind of in the like book that. series i just love it because i feel like the way it predicts how things would play out feels right to me Was it, it's awakened online, awaken online actually, i can send it uh, but it's it's cool because they it's like you feel pain in the game it's muted compared to real world pain but like if you get killed it does not feel good and then you have to wait like 45 minutes in real life before you can respawn so like you are afraid of getting killed because it hurts and you are afraid of these but it's like muted so things yeah actually well i guess you've seen ready player one right yeah 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 i mean kind of somewhere in that where you 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 you're building up your items all that stuff and then you just lose it all yeah you die so it is very bad huh I'm just all I can think about right now is I'm kind of lost in thought about this. Are those videos of Fortnite or even just playing Fortnite and imagining creating your own lore, your own quest, and something that feels almost not even realistic, but like better than realistic? Yeah, <laughs> like just so almost manufactured perfect in this world of you know, huh? It's just it's just intriguing. It's just intriguing. Yeah. I agree. Wow. Also, wow. I'll tack on a small rumor that I've seen floated around. Do it, around. do it, do it. It's not really a full news story, but I've just seen the rumor floated around that the Apple headset will work with Steam VR, which means it'd be usable on PC, which would really give you, if you get an Apple headset, not only will you have Apple's apps and all that, but you'll be able to play all the like super high def games on a PC, is what I would assume. So. Wow. Another little bonus rumor. Dude, I just I, I wanna I wanna go on a Pokemon level quest in graphics like Fortnite and collect them all. I and maybe you know, we could both do it. We can grab some other friends. Yeah. That would be so cool. Maybe I'm becoming I'm now becoming a VR Max. Let's go. We got him, boys. <laughs> But also maybe Real how that in. interacts with blockchain too, because those things they actually will be mine and they will be NFTs. Yeah. But no, they won't be because NFTs are kind of two D. I don't know. Then it uh, hmm, weird. I don't know. Huh. Well. Yeah. I guess this whole episode has kind of been a little bit of a tangent, but it's been interesting. It has been interesting to say the least. Oh shit. <laughs> almost almost too interesting you can't even I can't sit still. still I'm too stoked yeah I guess it would be kind of a race to race against time now of when that will even happen and if it will happen in our lifetime yeah I mean I think it could happen in our lifetime but I'm still bearish on the timeline that other people seem to be like way too bullish on like people are mm -hmm. looking at the next decade as some of this stuff playing out and I'm like there's no chance it gets to the level that people think it'll get to in the next decade. Unless we hit some sort of singularity event and AI just becomes so smart that it can build it in the next 10 years. But even that I'm very skeptical yeah. about. 
exciting time to be alive yeah. to watch it all play Potentially out. Potentially the end of humanity if the robots take over. So that'll be tight. Hey, you know what? Even if it's the end of humanity, I'm down for the innovation to happen. So I'll take the yeah, risk. Yeah, we created the next. It's the evolution of humans. Exactly. And we're here to see it, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Wow. I'd love to see well, that. I'm just looking outside. I, sometimes I forget that we're... Um, we're in such a beautiful city. Yeah. Looks like Vegas. Wow. Beautiful. All right. Shall we? I actually have another call in like five minutes. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Good sesh. Great sesh. Wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for I'm tuning sure in. I'm sure the peeps missed us since we missed a week. And now we're back with this fire, concise episode for everyone. Fire. Oh, you got the peace up. All right. Later, peeps. Peace, everyone. Later. Peace. Peace. <laughs>